Hey, Prime members, you can listen to Country Heat Weekly ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the app today. I'm learning how to balance the complexity of, of doing all that in front of people. Because <laughs> uh, as you can tell now, I'm just I'm I'm just a nervous person in general. Like I love people and I'm also terrified of us. <laughs> <laughs> That's so relatable. Happy fall, y'all. Welcome to everyone listening all around the world to Country Heat Weekly, the destination for country music fans. I'm Amber Anderson. And I'm Kelly Sutton. And even though it is not quite October just yet, this episode (laughs) launches Country Music Month for us on Amazon Music. And what a way to kick it off. Our girl, Brittany Spencer, is here with us this week. Oh, we love her so much. She's a vocal force to be reckoned with for sure. She just announced a new album coming out in January called My Stupid Life. The lead single from the project is called Bigger Than the Song, and she dropped some names. I mean, big names. Mm-hmm. Reba and Dolly, Janet Jackson and Whitney Houston, Aretha Franklin, Johnny and June, and Alanis Morissette. My favorite. Jagged Little Bill. Oh, my gosh. We're going to talk to her about how all of those artists influenced her and get to know Britney better in our Center Stage Spotlight. First, though, we need to relive your big night at the NSAI Awards. I know that you were there in your element right in the middle of all of our songwriters. Yes. The National Songwriters Association International held their annual award show at the Ryman Auditorium on Tuesday night. And I got to talk to so many people on the red carpet before the show. Okay, so we're going to roll some of the highlights, but just to let everyone at home know, some of these people are artists that you know, and others are songwriters behind the biggest hits that stream right here on Amazon Music. Check it out. We're old friends by now. I know, right? Tonight, you are getting the President's Keynote Award. Mm. What does that mean to you, to be honored by a room of your peers? You know, well, I, I wouldn't say peers, because... You know, I'm a songwriter, but I don't consider myself on the same level as these guys in the room. This town is so full of such great talent. I'm, I, I'm in awe. I'm, I, I don't deserve this award. I don't deserve to stand in front of these great songwriters, but, but uh, I'm happy to have it. Tranny Anderson and Dallas Wilson. Hey. Hey, hey. Hi. We're here. So first, I have to say congratulations on the honor of Song of the Year tonight for Heart Like a Truck. What about this song would you say is the most special thing to you? Watching Lainey sing it live at her shows. Just watch little girls who are 13 scream every word and then look over here and see a 70-year-old man <laughs> screaming everywhere. Yeah. Just like the way it's resonated with so many people has been the the co- very coolest part of this whole song for me. Yeah, my grandma loves it. She doesn't love all the songs I've my written. My mom loves it too. Um, and I love it. <laughs> Megan Maroney, hi. Hello. Tonight you are being honored, being one of the 10 songs I wish I'd written for Tennessee Orange. Talk about what that honor means to you. It's just cool. Like when you write songs, you don't, expect to like oh I'm gonna be at an award show for this yeah. you know you're just like oh this is my life and I'm writing about it and um it's really cool that songwriters I look up to appreciate the song so. oh, such a good song okay I see the Tennessee orange shoes oh thank you I mean that's a nice touch Ben Williams how are you I couldn't be better honestly this is such a great night right <laughs> yeah this is my first award show we have a nice season coming up yes nice. I was Megan's first co-writer in Nashville so we've kind of exploded together which is the coolest thing ever that's pretty cool but 
to me, if there's an award show that songwriters are like, I mean, that's the coolest thing ever because we have such an amazing community here in Nashville, obviously with NSAI and everything. As much as like we crush on a daily basis and we know so many people, to actually have the spotlight on us for a night is so special yeah. and means the world to us. And it's so cool. Tracy Lawrence, how are you? I am wonderful. So you are performing Time Marches On tonight in Hi. honor of Bobby Braddock. Talk to us about your performance. Oh, I'm so excited about it. I love Bobby so much. We've uh, we've been uh, making records with each other for a long time. I've had a couple of big hits with Bobby, and just the body of work that he has over the years is absolutely amazing. He's one of the best that ever lived. Yeah. And uh, I think he and I both feel that that uh, piece of work of Time Marches On is probably uh, one of those classic rare things that I've blessed to get my hands on. I'm so thankful that I got that song. Uh, the genius of that man is, is unparalleled. So I'm excited to be performing it tonight. Bobby Braddock, so good to see you. So good to see you, Amber. So tonight you are being honored with the Chris Christofferson Lifetime Achievement Award. I know. What does that mean to you? Oh, it means a lot, you know. I mean, why are they giving that to me? I've always sort of been that way, you know. And to be recognized by songwriters, which this award I'm getting is comes from songwriters and the and the ten songs I wish I had written, that's all songwriters voting on songs they wish they had written. Right. So I think it means a lot to songwriters to have one of their peers, you know, like something that they did, you know. Renee Blair and Jordan Schmidt. Hi guys. Hello. What is a current song that you guys can't oh. stop listening to? I mean the new Tyler Hubbard song. I will say also, my husband did produce it here. So I was going to say, if she didn't say that song, she was wrong. I'm like, what is stuck in my head right like, now? And that was the first thing that came to my mind. So a very that's back so then, good. right now. What's yeah, up? Back then, right now. Enjoy tonight. Thank you. I will. I'll, I'll try not to get too nervous when I'm speaking, and I'll try not to cry. It's like <laughs> you even, do. It's okay. Even if there's a speech that doesn't require crying. For some reason, I do anyway. I, I don't know what it is. <laughs> we love it. We love it. Thank you so much. Thank you. Always good to see you. You too. What a great night. I know. It's one of my favorite award shows. It's always good to honor songwriters. It's just so necessary. So nice. thank you to the team at NSAI for having us. It was such a great night. Okay, we need to take a quick break. But when we come back, we're going to have all the news happening out of Nashville. So stay right here, everybody. There's a lot to say when buying a new home or car, but only one thing to say that can help you protect them. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. And just like that, a State Farm agent will be there to help you choose the coverage you need, no matter where you are in life. When you need coverage options, your State Farm agent is there to help, on the phone or in person. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. If I asked you how many subscriptions you have, would you be able to list all of them and how much you're paying? If you would have asked me this question before I started using Rocket Money, I would have said yes, but let me tell you, I would have been so wrong. I can't believe how many I had and all the money I was wasting. Rocket Money is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, and helps lower your bills. Rocket Money has over 5 million users and has helped save its members an average of $720 a year with over 500 million in canceled subscriptions. Stop wasting money on things you don't use. Cancel your unwanted subscriptions by going to rocketmoney.com slash Wondery. That's rocketmoney.com slash Wondery. Rocketmoney.com slash Wondery. Okay, everybody, it's time to check out what's cooking in country music. And right now, one of the hottest things happening is Chris Stapleton, 
Snoop Dogg, and Cindy Blackman Santana on Monday Night Football. Y'all, they remade the Phil Collins classic In the Air Tonight, which, as a sports fan, Mm -hmm. that's one of the songs that will get you going. It's that drum solo. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. It's, like, kind of haunting in the beginning, and it's got—it, like, builds, and then the drum solo. It's, like— All the things. Yes. (laughs) Also, side note, I have to throw this out there— it has been rumored that Phil Collins has been spotted in Nashville a couple of times in the past two weeks. So, Phil, if you're listening to this, please stop by and see us at the Amazon Music House. We <laughs> would love to see you. imagine he just comes knocking on the back door? It's like, hello. Hi. I I'm heard Phil you Collins. wanted to meet me. <laughs> okay. So, back to Chris Stapleton. Yes. He got a really big bonus by doing the theme this year. Monday Night Football normally airs on the cable channel, ESPN. Okay. But they've added a bunch of games to ABC due to the ongoing SAG-AFTRA strike. He's going to have way more ears and eyes on him than he normally would (laughs) in a season where there was not a strike going on. That's so cool. Good for him. Yay, Chris. Yay, sports. I like it. Okay, so real quick, since everybody's talking about this, and I know how much you love sports, let's talk. Taylor Swift, Travis Kelsey. Is this real? Is it a PR stunt? What are your thoughts? I don't know. I do think that they are both having a moment. They are both, you know, Travis coming off of a Super Bowl win. Sure. And Taylor being Taylor mm-hmm. at all times. Um, so who knows? I think time will tell. But I definitely did not expect to have all of my social uh, feeds taken over on a football Sunday with Taylor Swift news, I will say that. (laughs) I only followed the drama for Taylor Swift, of course. That's the only reason I was watching the football game. But I did love one post that read, it's so nice of Taylor Swift to visit stadiums in her (laughs) off-season. I mean, that was like, that was the message that he sent. He saw her rock Arrowhead and he invited her to see him rock Arrowhead. And it seemed like she took him up on the invite. The real winner in all of this is Mama Kelsey. (laughs) So (laughs) Travis Kelsey's mom is sitting in the skybox with Taylor, and both of her sons played in the Super Bowl. So truly, if there's a superstar in all of this scenario, it's Mama Kelsey. Mama Kelsey. And she's got her chunky soup commercial. (laughs) So that's also a big win for football moms, I feel like. So she's winning. Yes. She is winning. Okay, speaking of stadiums, next we have to talk about Kane Brown's 2024 plans. He's announced the I Can Feel It tour, which that song. It'll kick off in March and it'll hit 29 cities, including five stadium shows. And ding, ding, ding. He did get approval from Phil Collins to use that. So it all comes, all roads go back to Phil Collins. All things go back to (laughs) Phil Collins. Phil Collins, we're going to manifest Phil Collins showing up here. (laughs) I'm telling you, it's happening. Okay, so we saw Kane at Stagecoach last year, and the production for the show was insane. The lasers, the fire, everything that was going up. He said next year, he's going to top that. We always go bigger with production year after year. You know, we try to put a show on for the fans as much as we can. It takes a lot of people, more people than I can actually tell you to put on a show like this. And I'm very grateful for them. They never fail me. They never let me down. I can't even imagine. I mean, you know how much I was hyping up right. the production value before we saw him at Stagecoach. It was huge. This is going to be next level. We're going. We have to go to a show. Yes, we do. Okay, so there's a big group of openers that's listed on the tour poster. But if you honestly look at the breakdown of dates, you've got Tyler Hubbard and Parmalee really getting the bulk of the tour. But... They've got several other artists coming out and hitting one stadium show each. John Party, Cole Swindell, 
Bailey Zimmerman, and Chris Young. And if you know anything about Kane Brown's story, you know that he's been a Chris Young fan since high school. He actually won his high school talent show singing Chris Young's song, Getting You Home. That's right. (laughs) I love it. I love it. And I'm pretty sure Kane's first concert was seeing Brad Paisley when Chris was opening for him. Kane eventually got signed to the same record label, and then Chris took Kane out to open for him on his Losing Sleep tour back in 2018. That's got to be weird, right? To open for the guy that used to open for you. I wonder, like, how that feels. Yeah, I would think so. But, you know, Chris probably is just, like, a proud papa. (laughs) Yeah, for sure. he's like, hey, look at this. It's full circle. And you know that they're going to do Famous Friends in front of a stadium full of people in Seattle, of course, which is going to be awesome. Some cities go on sale on October 5th. No Nashville date as of yet. The closest they come to us is Atlanta, but I've st- still got my fingers crossed for yeah. a national date. Yeah, it's still early. Yeah. And we also want to know that Kane leads off the Country Heat playlist this week with the new tune, In the Air. Now, in other news, a reminder for our vinyl lovers out there, Thomas Red's 20 number ones comes out tomorrow. But we must point out the album is a little bit of false advertising. Because there are now 21 number ones on it. Mm-hmm. TR's latest hit, Angels, was included as a bonus track, but last week it topped the country chart, giving him his 21st number one. Congratulations, TR. We can't wait to have that party and celebrate with you very soon. We're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we've got Brittany Spencer, who will be sitting in our center stage spotlight. Don't go away. Angie's list is now Angie, and we've heard a lot of theories about why. I thought it was an eco-move. Fewer words, less paper. No, it was so you could say it faster. No, it's to be more iconic. Must be a tech thing. But those aren't quite right. It's because now you can compare upfront prices, book a service instantly, and even get your project handled from start to finish. Sounds easy. It is, and it makes us so much more than just a list. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I. Or download the app today. This episode is brought to you by Noom. Forget one-size-fits-all diets. With Noom, you get a personalized weight loss plan that's tailored to your lifestyle. No food is off-limits. Enjoy your favorites while discovering healthier habits. Noom's users love the flexible approach, blending psychology and biology to help you lose weight in a way that's sustainable for you. Stay focused on what's important to you with Noom's psychology and biology-based approach. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com. That's N-O-O-M dot com. And check out Noom's first ever cookbook, The Noom Kitchen, for 100 healthy and delicious recipes to promote better living. Available to buy now wherever books are sold. Okay, we have been waiting for a very long time to say this. We finally get to say, welcome to Country Heat Weekly Brittany Spencer! Hi, Brittany! Hi, y'all. Hey, y'all. Understatement of the century because we really have been waiting so long for you to be in this chair. I've been waiting. I'm so excited (laughs) to be here. I'm nervous to be here, but I'm also very excited to be here. (gasps) Don't be nervous. Also, y'all look very cute. Thank you. So so do you. Listen, I mean, (laughs) we just hang out and have fun and talk to our friends. It's it's true. But seriously, when this podcast launched in 2021, Mm -hmm. going into 2022, every single week, we had a Brittany Spencer mention. 
it like without a doubt. You can go back and listen. And I'm like, I wonder if Britney Spencer thinks we are obsessed with her. I mean, we are. <laughs> but <laughs> it was like, okay, there's a fine line between <laughs> super fan and stalker. <laughs> we'll we'll stick with super fan because that's what we got. But you know, at the time, you just had the iconic CMA Awards performance with Mickey Guyton that year. You were part of Amazon Music's documentary for Love and Country, um, and I think around that time, the song. Sober and Skinny was making waves, so we were listening to that. Since this, it's now, this is the first time you're actually on the podcast with us. We want to give everybody a little bit of a backstory. We are the super fans, and we want everybody else to become (laughs) super fans of Britney Spencer. So Baltimore is home. You grew up in Baltimore. Baltimore all day. And what was was happening? Like, what was playing in the household? Mm -hmm. What were mom and dad listening to? Um, So my family was listening to gospel and R&B a lot, and uh, I was in school singing classical music all through middle, high school, college, singing Broadway, and I sang in church. That was like, that was my like foundation in music. And then when I was about 14 or 15, my friend Keisha told me that I should listen to Dixie Chicks, now the chicks. I didn't know what she was talking about, but I listened and I fell in love and I just, I just started being a fan of country music and I listened to it all the time and I just became a big fan. It was a very, very musically like eclectic like family that right. kind of resembled Baltimore because Baltimore is very musically eclectic as well. The home of like, I mean, Maryland, Brothers Osborne. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, Low Cash, one of the guys in Low Cash is from Baltimore. It's the home of like Tony Braxton and Tamar Braxton and like Billie Holiday. And I don't know if Hairspray the Musical was, was you know, made in Baltimore, but I do know that it's about Baltimore. <laughs> and so like, you know, we just, it's a very musically eclectic town, but consistently country radio in Maryland is the most listened to. So it's, I don't know. It's just a state that's kind of all over the place. And, and if anyone wants to try and understand me, that's where I come from. <laughs> I mean, so we great. can really do a sing-along to Good Morning Baltimore. We can. We, we, we mean, can get that done. I mean, <laughs> I don't think we need to try to sing with her I think you should. I'll start it. Listen. Good morning, Baltimore. I was going to say, I can just, like, sidestep in the back. That's how they did. They had a little like, sway. Yeah, More uh, than two-up girls in the back. We got you. Love Hairspray the Musicals. So... So good. I mean, my goodness. Okay, so you moved to Nashville 10 years ago. Mm-hmm. What made you finally make that decision? You're like, I'm taking the leap. I'm going to Nashville. I'm going to do this thing. I was a huge fan of country music, but I didn't think I could actually do it. I didn't think I could actually be a part of it. And it took a long time for me to like get to that place uh, where I felt like I could actually be a part. I attribute a lot of that to Taylor Swift, if I'm honest. I watched like uh, a documentary with of her and I watched a documentary of Reba and I was like, everyone just says you just have to get to Nashville. And I was like, fine, I, I need to get to Nashville. And I finally got the, like the guts to like do it. But also, I mean, in my life at the time, I kept getting laid off from work and it made me like reshape like how I was thinking. I was so afraid. Mm. I was so afraid. Like I've, I've struggled with like self-worth like all my life and the steam issues. And like, I just, I just, I was like, you know what? I'm having a really hard time right now, and it's nothing I can really do about it besides to just keep trying to find a job. I already know what it, what life looks like like this, but what if I try something different? Mm-hmm. You know, I guess I had gotten to that point where I was like, I already know the end result of this. I want to figure out something else, and I'd rather fail at the thing that I actually want to do and pursue. You know, I'm not pursuing this. I'm just trying to survive this, and I'm failing. I might as well just yeah. do the thing I really, really want to do and even if I'm afraid, just give it a shot. Mm-hmm. And I might fail, but, I mean, at least I can say I tried. You know, when yeah. people come to Nashville, they flock to Lower Broadway. 
all the honky tonks are there. Mm-hmm. Of course, all the artist bars now. Mm-hmm. And almost every street corner, you're going to see somebody there busking. They're playing. They've got mm-hmm. their guitar that case was me. open. That was you. That was me, yeah. So when you were doing that, what was the what was the end goal? Were you just you just had music in you and you needed to get it out? Were you doing it in the hopes of trying to catch somebody's attention? I had just like taught myself how to play a few chords on guitar. Okay. And I was too afraid to go to the bars and play. And I was just terrified of like getting on stage and like screwing up lyrics of like a really iconic song that people love. And I was just I was just terrified. So my friend told me, You should go bust downtown. And so I was like, cool. But, like, around that time, I was, like, in this really, like, big yes phase. I watched this movie called Yes Man. Mm-hmm. Y'all remember it with Jim Carrey? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yep. so I watched that movie, and I was like, you know, this is a good practice to adopt, like, when moving to, like, a new city. And so I just started saying yes. Someone said, you need to go do this. I was like, sure. And my friend told me I should go busk on Broadway. And I was like, cool. And, like, after a while, like, it just kind of, like, became this thing where I was trying to figure out, like, what made people stop and listen to me. And then a year after that, I started going back to college. And I was like, oh, this is called marketing, marketing. research. <laughs> oh, my God. And so like, you're definitely <laughs> on to something. <laughs> I figured out what made people stop. What made people stick around, that was even more fascinating mm-hmm. to me. So, like, when I would do, like, uh, Johnny Cash, and then I'd do, like, Adele, and then I'd do Beyonce. Like, it, I realized it was people just sticking around for 15, 20 minutes, which is hard on Broadway. Yeah. Because people got places to go. Yes. They got bridal but- <laughs> parties, and they are drunk, and, mm-hmm. and yeah. they are trying to get in the whole—literally the whole street in their whole entire weekend in Nashville. They're trying to get everything in. Right. Like, I would watch people go from one bar to literally the right right next door to the next one. And— um it was uh, it was interesting to see what people like kind of wanted from me, and uh, I don't know. I think I still hold on to that. The thing is about that too, there is nothing anybody could throw at you that you haven't already seen. Yeah, you you got yeah. drunk people, you got crazy people. <laughs> yeah, that's true. You yeah. got people asking you to play yeah. Freebird. You've got like all of that. Oh, it's so true. It's so true. <laughs> and I was also like, I, I kind of built myself up around that time to like start playing in other places too. Yeah. Like y'all, I was so nervous. Like I I learned how to play guitar sitting down. I was scared to, like, play guitar standing up because I was like, I don't know how to play. Like, I can't see it anymore. And I was just—it was nerve-wracking, yeah. like, trying to figure all that out. I'm like, I am so terrified, and I might really f*** this up, and I'm just going to, like, try anyway. Like, yeah. this might be terrible. I might not be great at this. Like, people might not like it. And I'm still doing that. Like, I'm still terrified. Like, honestly, this it's, it's nerve-wracking, and it's annoying to constantly be in a state of—, um, of just being nervous all the time. But I think, I don't think I want to make something or put something out that doesn't make me feel even just a little bit like, are you sure you want to do that? Like, I don't, I don't know. I don't know that I want to play it safe like that. That's not been my life. As a girl from Baltimore City, like, I I don't really enjoy the safety of comfort. Girl, you got this. Oh, thank you. You you got this. I appreciate it. You can tell that everything you do is mindful. It's brought you to this point. Over the last few years, you've trickled out some music, released a couple of EPs, but you just announced your debut album. We couldn't be more excited about this. We want all the details. So let's start with the name, My Stupid Life. Yes. That has to be a story. (laughs) And we want to hear it. (laughs) Um, You know, the story of My Stupid Life is actually, it's a song that's on the record. And I wrote it while I was driving to Knoxville to go see some friends. That's like my hideaway. Like, Like, Knoxville is my second home, and some of my best friends live out there. 
And I was going out there to just write and record some stuff with them. And I was just singing like this chorus. And I was like, I don't know what I'm supposed to do with it. I like to write in a car. I don't know. I mean, I feel like when I listen to this album, I can tell I like the car. I'm driving. I'm putting some word together. And I played like whatever I had for my friends when we got to the studio. And they were like, oh, that's really cool. Yeah, you should totally like work on it or something. I was like, cool. And I like pocketed it for like a few months um, and then ended up writing it in Nashville a few months later with one of my friends that was there at the studio in Knoxville. Um, he was just so happy to be in Nashville. And I was like, you know, I think you and my friend Sean McConnell might like each other. Ugh. And uh, and so I, and good. I, I, he's great, isn't he? Yeah. And I, they work so well together. Like, I just, I loved it. Anyway, that's, that's Brock Human and, and Sean McConnell in that song. Once we finished recording all the songs, I was like, I just feel like this album is called My Stupid Life. It's just, it's a... I don't know. Maybe it's a, a eclectic mix. I don't know. It's just no one song sounds like the next, and uh, and this is the most vulnerable that I've been in music. When I was writing this album, and definitely while I was recording it, I was like, I think I'd rather be raw and wrong than to be polished and, you know, mm-hmm. digestible. I don't actually know what I'm doing, and this album is just kind of me just having a good time and being myself. That's the one thing that I actually know how to do now. I actually really know how to be myself. And I feel like this album is like the start of me being okay with being vulnerable with the world, which is a hard thing to do just in general, no matter who you are. I think being an artist, I kind of think your job is to be yourself. Mm -hmm. That's how I would define artistry. I would define it as ownership in every facet of the word. If you make a mistake, own that shit. If you like something, own it. That's that's, right. If that's who you are, you own it. If you said it, that's what you said. If you need to backtrack, say you're sorry and make up your mind about something else. I'm learning how to balance the complexity of of doing all that in front of people. (laughs) Because as you can tell now, I'm just just a nervous person in general. Like, I love people and I'm also terrified of us. (laughs) (laughs) That's so relatable. Probably a safe place to be. You know, they say that you have your whole life to make your debut album. This has been a very long time coming for you. Oh, gosh, yeah. What did it feel like to finally be able to talk about it? Like, it's here. This is happening. It feels... It feels surreal. It feels like I mean, I feel like I've I've heard this so many times. I've watched like documentaries and biopics like crazy ever since I was a kid. I love them, and every time I watch an interview or a movie about this time in an artist's life, they always say it's so surreal. And I was like, I'm gonna find another word, and I can't. <laughs> I, and I'm so like I'm I'm annoyed by that actually. <laughs> like as a writer, I'm annoyed because I'm like. Everything that I heard is true. Like, you, 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 I don't know. It snuck up on you. It's like I prepared for this, but it still feels like it snuck up on me. Right. I'm ready. I just, I want to connect with people and I'm, I'm grateful for the people that like my music and uh, for the, for the people that I'll get to meet through this music. And I just hope people hear it and they just feel like they can feel a little more seen or at least like they got a friend in this music. Mm -hmm. That's what I want. I've, I've have felt invisible most of my life. And uh, I just wanted to make songs that I wish I heard from a person like me growing up. I don't know. And, I, and of course, what I just said can be taken so many different ways. I just want to add to this incredible story that already exists. And hopefully a few more people that wouldn't listen or haven't, you know, will. I don't know. I'm just, yeah. I'm just having a good time. I'm just being myself. I hope people get to have a good time and be themselves listening to this record. Oh, I love that so much. But it's not coming out until next January. I know, I know. We want know. it now. We want it right now. Okay. You know, why do things take so long? I don't in music? know. Just, I don't know. Is it done? This, 
is it completely done? done? Yeah, like okay. it's done. It's mastered. I listened to the masters yesterday with my producer Daniel Tashian. I, I don't know. It's just it's crazy. It's so wild to think that this is actually like really happening. I can't believe it. It's happening. 2024, the year of Britney Spencer. We're just going to say it right here. Absolutely. Okay, right now, (laughs) the general public has only gotten one track, a track you wrote called Bigger Than the Song, which we love. love We love. First off, what do you think made this the song to lead off with? Ooh, um, I think, well, I mean, I've had this incredible time of touring. Um, Like, honestly, I can't believe I've gotten to tour this much before even having an album out. And so I've... I've been playing this song for almost, what, three years now? And people always come to this song. Like People always mention this song. People always talk to me about how much they love it. They ask for it. And I'm always like, oh, crap, I'm so sorry. It's not out. <laughs> you, like, I've been doing it for three years. I don't know how I've been able to, to get away with this. Uh, <laughs> it feels criminal, actually. <laughs> yeah, people just like the song. And I think, I remember when I signed my record deal, that was a song that they immediately uh, gravitated to as well. And uh, I just, I pay attention to those responses. And I think for me personally, this song is just about being a fan of music. And I think... What better way to kick off what is kind of, I guess, my entry into this industry than by just saying I'm a fan, mm-hmm. you know? Like, I, though, that's what I want to connect with most. The thing that matters to me most about music is is connecting with people who love music. That's right. I want to connect with fans. And so I just, I, I'm just kind of like them. I'm like, I I fan out. I remember at the ACM Awards when, when Dolly introduced me and the Brothers Osborne and <laughs> losing my whole mother in mind. <laughs> Like I, I, like I wish, like I wish I had a, a video of it, like during the dress rehearsals. I think Dolly had to do it twice in dress rehearsals. She had to say my name twice. I heard Dolly say my name three times, and I've never been the same. And and so I'm still like that. Like I'm that person. Like I, I'm just, I'm excited. I get it. I get, gosh, man, I get really like, like fulfilled. By mm-hmm. the music of people that I'm mentioning in this song. And I just wanted to... And you mentioned some good ones. I mean, Reba... We were really particular. We were really Aretha, particular. Janet, Whitney, Dolly. How have they yeah. shaped you? Like, each one of these people, obviously, you say yeah. it's very particular. So it was thought out. This isn't just like, let's pull some names in. I mean, Reba, like I said earlier, like watching her documentary, and she made me want to move to Nashville. And just looking at her career, I love that she has done music. I love that she's done film. I love that she had her own sitcom. Mm-hmm. Like, I love that. That is so cool. I just, I love a, a, a widespread career like that. I mean, Dolly did the same thing as well. I just, I appreciate that. Like, just pushing the limits. I think that's that's something that I want to do. Johnny and June, I mentioned them in the song. Like, they've made a huge impact on me. You know, just listening to their music, watching the movie, watching their stories. Mm-hmm. Like, gosh, man, they were so good. Whitney is, is my icon. Whitney Mariah, my number ones, mm. you know, like I, they made me want to sing. I feel like it's important to have a lot of different expressions um, in any genre, mm-hmm. you know. And I feel like for me, I mean, when you hear my album, you can hear that. It's always going to be country and something else. Mm-hmm. You can hear where I love rock. You can hear where I love R&B. You can hear where I love folk music. You can. I feel like you can hear that. You can hear where I love bluegrass because you can hear it in these songs. And um but that's, I mean, that's country music, though. I feel like country music is part of this big grand tree, you know? 
of music and it's a, it's an incredible branch and it's like but it's still connected to so many things i love this so okay so. pre-order the album right now everybody those are so important for artists all the pre-saves all the pre-orders yes. the grat tracks you get them ahead of time so get there pre-order my stupid life we love it Oh, so thank you. So you were just talking about country music. So that was a good segue because this episode kicks off Country Music Month at Amazon Music. Oh, cool. So we're going to ask you to get deep here. What does country music mean to you? Country music to me, ooh, to me, country music is a place to tell your story. Um, I know that it's not the only genre that is a story-based genre. It's just the one where I found myself in. It's the one where I found my voice. It's the one that made me want to write. It's the place that makes me come alive. It's the place that made me feel like I could be uh, I could be a part of something. Like when I finally got through the barriers in my mind that made me think that I could not be a part or at least try to be a part, it became a friend to me, honestly. And it's becoming more of a friend to me. Even after all of these years of being here, I'm like, this story, this ability to be honest and to tell the truth and to not need a lot of glitz and glam, just me, my guitar, or I can have all the things that I want to have and, and do the most. Like, it, and at the core is just still me just trying to be honest and just trying to tell a story. And it doesn't even have to be mine. This album, these are my stories, but not every song I write is my own. But that's also the beauty of country music. Mm. Yeah. The story just needs to be real. The new album, My Stupid Life, coming January 19th. So we got to wait for just a little while longer. You can stream the lead single on Amazon Music right now. Go ahead, add it to your library so you get it the instant that it comes out. Brittany Spencer, thank you. We love you, Brittany. Thank y'all so much for having me. Thank y'all for listening. Like, people don't have to listen and do things. So thank you. I I appreciate it. We love you. Thank you. I love (laughs) y'all. Next week on the pod, we've got another artist we've been trying to book since we launched, and it's finally happening. Here's a hint. (laughs) Darius Rucker! He has the best laugh and the most recognizable laugh in all of country music. He also has a new album that's coming out in October. It's called Carolyn's Boy. We get to talk to him all about that, as well as all the other life changes that he's been going through lately. Okay, friends, if you've listened all the way through this episode, clearly you've liked it. So do us a favor and share a link with all of your friends on social media. Yes, help us grow our Country Heat family. We would love that. And also drop us a note and let us know where you're listening from. You can find me on Instagram at the Kelly Sutton. And I'm Hey, it's Amber A. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to Country Heat Weekly ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today. Before you go, tell us about yourself by completing a short survey at listenerstudy.com. Hey, listeners, it's Will Arnett. Our podcast, Smartless, has crossed a milestone that seemed unfathomable when we started nearly four years ago as we've just released our 200th episode. Join us as we welcome that dynamic duo of hilarity, Steve Martin and Martin Short. You've seen them on screen together in The Three Amigos, Father of the Bride 1 and 2, and most recently, and Only Murders in the Building. Both are comedic geniuses in their own right, but together they are always electric. And this episode of Smartless is no exception. I don't know if I've laughed more in a single episode 
than this one. We discuss their career arcs both separately and as a comedy team, how they met, who is more difficult to work with, and what motivates them today. Is Steve a better banjo player than Marty as a singer? Find out on this bi-centennial episode of Smartless. Follow Smartless in the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen to Smartless ad-free by joining Wondery Plus in the Wondery app or on Apple Podcasts. Plus, you get to hear Sean cry. What a loser! 